All right, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 16. We are nearing the end of our Romans study. Can you believe it? By way of review, Romans chapter 16, if you just look at the chapter on the paper in front of you, what you'll see is it's basically broken up into three main sections. There's the first, the first 16 verses, which is, Hello to you. Saying hello. And then there's verses 17 through 20. Warnings about division. There are people that cause offenses and division within the church. Who to thunk? And then, so what do you do about that? Well, we found out what to do about that. We got equipped for that two weeks ago. And then the last main section of Romans chapter 16 is where we're in today, which is saying hello from... Nine different individuals or groups here that we're going to be considering as you look through that. And then there's some, you know, so the kind of the final benediction there in, in verses 25 through 27, which we'll cover next week. But, but we're going to be in that third section here. Last week, of course, Uriah preached about dispensations. Remember that? And Scott introduced that topic for us. And the reason we need to sometimes get into theology is because as you're leading a Bible study, what's going to happen is somebody, and maybe it's even the people we read about the week before who caused divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have received, who are not there to serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but are there to serve their own bellies. Maybe even that guy, that lady's going to show up to your Bible study. And they're going to be all about their theology. They'll be all about you joining the Jehovah's Witness. Or they'll be all about why you need to, to worship John Calvin. I mean, they'll be all about their theology. And if we as God's people are not equipped to be able to simply rightly divide the word of truth in terms of dispensations, then we, you, you won't actually be able to answer their questions. Does that make sense? So like Scott said, periodically we are going to be doing sort of these edifying messages just to help you, because when that person shows up to your Bible study, you'll be able to just very simply say, well, you know what, let's look at it. And just open God's word, rightly divide the word of truth, and, and be able to continue on and not get led astray during that time. So that's what we did last week. But now we're going to be in this last section in verses 21 through 24. So get eyeballs on that with me and let's read it together. Romans 16, 21 through 24. Timotheus, my work fellow, and Lucius, and Jason, and Sosipater... My kinsmen salute you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you. And Quartus, a brother. That's our passage this morning. And so it's hello to the saints in Rome from the guys that were hanging out with Paul as he's putting together this message, this letter of Romans to the church there at Rome. That's what we're looking at. By the way, Richmond She says aloha. 
Okay? Richmond Shi. Remember Richmond? There's our divisions that we're trying to avoid. We talked about that. Let's review. Go to the next one. Here's Richmond. Richmond says, hello. Go back one real quick there, since, since we're, we're behind. The body is many different members. The hand doesn't look like the foot, doesn't look like the head, doesn't look like the ear. Every part's a little different and has different functions. So I do not mind at all. Listen, body part. I don't mind at all when you're passionate about your ministry. You should be. But listen, that should be contributory to everyone else who is also passionate about their ministry. It's not contrary. It's not my ministry versus your ministry. It's my ministry plus your ministry, plus everyone else which is passionate about their ministries all functioning together. Sometimes, though, I might have a viewpoint or a, a focus, and I want to focus on my stuff so much that if you talk about your stuff, I'm threatened by it. Because all I care about, that's called ministry myopia. Like, all I can see is my ministry. Does that make sense? That can actually cause divisions. We could be so passionate about the new members class that we despise the Costa Discipleship class. Our praise and worship team, we could get so passionate about that that we despise the choir. Does that make sense? So listen, be passionate about the things that God has given you and the way that he's given you and the things that you want to focus on. God's given you those things to serve the body. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. However, it should make you contributory, not contrary. It should cause a stronger, more edifying body, not a divided body. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, so that's, by, that's review. Anyway, here's Richmond. Um, he says, Aloha. I called him and... And, and we visited. He, he's going to hope to visit in the next few weeks. He still hasn't sold his house. So um, we need to pray about that. So they need to sell their house or, you know, I guess they could just come, come back. Is that a picture of the church that he goes to now? No, that's a picture of us. Oh, that's us? Yeah, look at this guy right there. Right? I still think about Chance. He got kicked out of the mission because he was wrongly accused of something. And it was only after everything was said and done, they went back and looked at the video, they realized they kicked him out. He was here, he got saved, he was plugged in, he was excited, and then the devil just took him out, and I can't find him now. Can't find him. Breaks my heart. I, I, Sam and Andrew are representing us to the saints in Romania. You know what Sam and Andrew are doing in Romania? They're telling our missionary there, Doug Howie, they're saying, Doug, we see you. And the church in Kansas City is for you. Hello from Midtown Baptist Temple. That will be of great encouragement to them. Because you know what the devil's doing? Your labor in the Lord is in vain. Nobody sees you. That's why they don't come to visit you. Nobody loves you. That's why they don't communicate with you. Okay, that's the devil's constantly at work. When Sam and Andrew show up and go, Hey, we're just here because we love you and we see you. We want to encourage you. That's what's going on right now. Hello to the church in Romania from the church in Kansas City. 
I, Sam Miles, and I, Andrew Ong, salute you in the Lord. That's what they're doing. They're going to go to Vietnam, and they're going to get to meet in face the disciples that Andrew Ong has been making over the Internet for the last year and a half. Sam's going to be able to go meet them. Praise God for that. What a cool thing. And he's going to say, hey, babe, from Midtown, hello from Kansas City. The church in Kansas City saluteth you. Man, praise the Lord. What a neat thing that's going to be. I visited Jeremy last week. Man, he got that call that every parent dreads. Hey, this is uh, this is doctor from the ER calling you about your son. They got that call. That's every parent's like, no. Okay, I called Gail. I was like, hey, or texted Gail. Gail, do you want to come with me to go visit? He said, Gail said, I can't come. It was last minute, you know. But tell them hello from me. Give him my number. Anything he needs, have him call me, right? Hello from Gail. I can't be there physically. But tell Jeremy hello from Gail. This takes us back, you know, to Romans chapter 1, verse 12. Flip back there with me. We covered this like two years ago when we started Romans. Paul talking about going and visiting them. He says, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both you and me. And we have a mutual faith in the relationships between us matter. How you do in your walk impacts me. If you make it or not, man, that matters greatly to me. We show up and and, and we kind of take it for granted that there's going to be someone there to preach the Word of God, that there's going to be someone there to sing in the choir, that there's going to be someone there who didn't quit, someone there to disciple, that, that there's going to be people that are continuing to move forward in faith, and I thank God that that's the case at Midtown. But maybe you've been there where someone you've invested in just decided that the Lord wasn't worth following, that the allure of the world was too great, and it just broke your heart. That person quit following the Lord, and it affected you. Anyone know what I'm talking about? We have a mutual faith of you and me, and it matters that we connect with each other. This is what we see in this passage, these salutations. Salute this person. So Timotheus is the first one we see. Verse 21, Timotheus means dear to God or purchased by God. That's what that his name means. Lucius is next. Lucius means illuminative or enlightening. It sounds like light, a loosen, you know. Lucius, illuminative or enlightening, has to do with light, is that name. Jason, hello from Jason. You know what Jason means? I didn't know this, I do now. Jason means going to cure or going to make whole. That's what Jason, that word means, that name means. So we've got dear to God and Lucius, which is, is, has to do with light or illuminative. Jason, going to make whole or, or, or going to cure. 
Sosa Pater. That Pater sounds like father, right? Like German, like Vater. We must go into the store, Vater. Sosa Pater, a safe father. Safe father is what that name means. Tertius means third. Third. Sometimes you'll hear the word tertiary. Has to do with uh, third level. Tertiary health care is, is you got primary care, which is like me out in my clinic, whatever. And then you've got secondary care. That's your when you have to go to the specialist. And then tertiary care, that's where you've got academic and, and cutting edge type um, procedures and research. And then students and patients, all that tertiary, you hear that. Gaius means joyful. Sounds like gay, like before homosexuals stole the word. Erastus means beloved. And then quartus means fourth. Okay, hang on a minute. We got tertius means third. We got quartus means fourth. What about secundus? Yes, there is a secundus. We found, I had to do, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? What, what's God trying to show us? We got Tertius and Quartus. What about Secundus? We find Secundus in Acts chapter 20, verse 4. You guys have all that down? We can go to the next slide. Or are you still working? Here's Acts 24. We'll go back in a second. And there accompanied him, Paul, into Asia. Sopater. That's the same as Sosopater. That's abbreviated uh, of Sosopater. Of Berea and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus. And there he is, Secundus means second. And there's our friend Gaius again. And oh, Timotheus, who we just read about. And of Asia, Tychicus and Trophimus. So here we have part of Paul's group, Paul, part of Paul's posse that he's traveling with. You can go back to that other one with the names, Will, so if people didn't get any of those, they can write those down. Now, why would we go over all these names? Why would we take the time to write down what these names mean? Here's, here's why. When we study that out, we as the New Testament church today, you and I, we are positionally the equivalent of all of that, all those different names. What do I mean by that? Well, let's, let's look at it. We are, go ahead, next one. Like Timotheus, we are dear to God. That, that is, we are purchased by God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's what he did for you and I. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you are bought with a price. Verse 23, you are bought with a price. Acts 20, verse 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. That's us which he hath purchased with his own blood. We're like Timotheus. We're dear to God or purchased of God. Okay, next. We're like Lucius. We are light. John eight twelve says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Spiritually speaking, it's dark without us. We are the lights. Let's go on. Look at that. Ye are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. I wonder sometimes what it would look like if we just had spiritual eyes. Is that actually what it looks like? 
Like those lights on that globe are the Christians, like spiritually. I, I don't know. Just wonder about that sometimes. I don't know that that's just figurative. Anyway, let's go on. Like Lucius, we are lights. Second Corinthians 4.4 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who hath commanded the light to shine out of the darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Next. Ephesians 5.8 Ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Okay, I think, I think you get the point there. Okay, Jason, going to cure. Like Jason, we are going to be made whole. We are purchased of God. We are the lights of the world. We are the ones who will be made whole. This is speaking of the redemption of our physical bodies. Ephesians 1, 12 through 14, go back, it talks about that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, speaking of the apostles. Verse 13, and in whom also ye trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. That's talking to us. The gospel of our salvation, in whom after that we believed we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. See, we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, but what we really are is not yet manifest. We're still stuck walking around in our physical bodies until a certain time. Bill, won't it be great to have a glorified body? It doesn't hurt anymore? You can just... Man, praise the Lord for that, right? Amen. Let's look at the next verse. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth together, tra uh, travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but we, but, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. We're going to get a glorified body. We will be made whole. just hasn't happened yet. Okay, next this is 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It's sown in corruption. I'm not saying your bodies are all corrupt. I'm just saying God said that. It's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. I cannot wait. It's sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body, there's a spiritual body. This is the redemption that is coming. Our physical bodies will get planted, we'll get a new spiritual body. Like Jason, we will be made whole. Okay, what about Sosipater? Do we have a saved father? It's a discipleship verse. I thought about just seeing, you know, if you all still remembered it. Matthew seven eleven. I'm sure Gail remembers it. It's like when you need something, you go to the 7-Eleven. Okay? Matthew 7-Eleven. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, like you would buy at the 7-Eleven, yes. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good gifts to them 
that ask Him. We have a good Father. We have a safe Father. It is safe to approach Him. Maybe your daddy wasn't safe to approach when he was in a foul mood. Our Father, we have a safe Father. And you know what? We should be safe fathers. Disciplers, leaders, are you approachable? Are you a safe father? Look at that. The good one. There's a whole movie series made on this. It's so important. <laughs> Romans 8, 31 and 32. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Well, is God for us? He spared not his own son. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We have a safe father. Tertius means third. We'll come back to that one because that, that's a little bit more there. Gaius means joyful. Like Gaius, we should be joyful. And this is where sometimes we get challenged because we're kind of attached to the world. <laughs> like you can't help it. You're walking around in a physical body in a physical world. You can't help having some degree of attachment. But if you're not joyful, then you're, you need to disattach, dis, detach. You need to detach in some areas and make sure your connection with God is strong. Romans 15:13 Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Joy is available to us. We I preached on that not that long ago. Galatians 5:22 But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Joy is available to us. We should be joyful. Erastus means beloved. Romans 1, 7 says to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then all through Romans, even here in Romans chapter 16, as Paul's saying hello there in verses 8, greet, Ampli greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Verse 9, salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stachys, my beloved. And verse 12, salute Tryphena and Trephosa, who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved Persis. And don't you know that we're loved of God? And we ought to love one another. We believe, we received love, and now we can reciprocate love back to God. And now we can love each other because you're loved of God. And then finally, quartus means fourth. What is that? Oh, okay. All right. There we go. There's, we prayed against the distraction, so that's why it's outside now instead of inside. So, Roman numeral number four on your handout. In regard to personal application, who we are in Christ, and having a place in the ministry, I wanted to just point out that, first of all, that we are positionally the equivalent of all those things, all those names, that's talking about us. We have a place in the ministry as work fellows like Timotheus, as hosts like 
Gaius. As scribes like Tertius. Well, maybe we don't really have scribes very much anymore. But the point is, there's plenty of room for the church to be the church. For the members to contribute to the body. That's the design. And just like the people that we read about in that passage had different roles and different functions, so do we have different roles and different functions in the ministry. The thing that's crazy to me, you want to know what's crazy to me? Yes, we would like to know what's crazy to you. Here's what's crazy to me. What's crazy to me is that there are churches that hold services, but the church, the people, don't actually have a role or a place or a ministry within the service. So in other words, is the church the people or not? Okay, so what is a church service except the assembly of the saints together? But there's some churches, it's all professionals who are qualified. And if you're not a professional musician, there's different ministries now. You can hire praise teams to come in, and they're really good. They're professionals, literally. And there's like, what songs do you want us to sing? And they'll come in and they'll do that. But the problem is... That professional musician is followed by a professional preacher. And the church doesn't actually get to be the church. The church goes to a pretend service run by professionals who are getting paid to be slick and polished. Now listen, if someone, if your business is to provide, okay, I'm not hating on anybody, but listen, the church is supposed to be the church. We are the church. I'm not a paid professional, and and then your job's to be the critic. Yeah, but we have professional people here, but it's by choice. We have people who are paid as leaders in the church. Yes, there they are. They are paid to be on staff. Yes, and then we've got a whole bunch of people who are not paid to be on staff. Every, how many people here serve the body in some way? And it's just, you know, yeah, you're serving the body in your spare time. You're staying up late studying and preparing. And <clears throat> Okay. We have a place in the ministry. The other thing that we see out of this, Paul, this is the most important doctrinal document ever written. And Paul takes all this paper and ink to ensure... Intact functional relationships. And we should do the same thing. We need to labor to ensure intact functional relationships. One thing I love about Pastor Kenny Morgan. Kenny is so careful. There'll be times Kenny will come up and say, Hey, listen, that conversation we had the other day, I just want to make sure you didn't take it wrong and that you weren't offended by that thing that I said. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't I don't even know how I could have taken that wrong. He said, good, I just want to make sure it's all good. I want to make sure that, that, that there wasn't any... It's like Job, who used to do sacrifices just in case his kids messed up at their, at their little feast day. You know, he's like, it's like spanking your kids before they leave the house. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you're going to deserve this. Or just make sure. Not really. But we need to make sure we're okay. 
Just like Paul spends a whole chapter saying hello to and from people, we need to make sure. One of my faults is, is I get so busy, sometimes I'll just assume you're doing okay. And I won't ask. We need to ask, right? We need to ask and make sure people are doing okay. And then here, this next one. We have a place in the ministry, okay? So we have a lineage, right? What's What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about having a spiritual lineage. A functional family is one that is a fruitful family. So, Secundus was there. You know what Secundus means, right? Second. Second. What's that referring to? Anyone want to guess? He was second what? He was the second son in his family is probably what that is. Okay, so that's a Latin custom. They would name their kids. They'd be very lazy about it. Right? It's like, hey, we had another child. What should we name it? Number three. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, I'm pregnant again. Let's talk about names. Number four. That's what that is. Well, number one, I don't know about number one. Firstus. I met a couple guys that were both named Bob. Both brothers named Bob. Yeah, George Foreman. Didn't he name all his kids? George Foreman, one, two, three, four, five, six sons named George Foreman. Yeah. Okay. I kind of studied this out and pondered about this and looked at this because in this passage, we see number three and number four. We see Tertius, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle. Oh, and then... Quartus, a brother. And so, you know, it's, it's not just the physical family that's under attack in our society. You know, marriage is under attack. There's a law, there, there's a bill right now in the Missouri that's being proposed by a, a state legislator who, who used to be a pastor who's saying, we need to get rid of marriage license and we just need to have Domestic union contracts. You know, because God, God said, a man and a woman, they shall leave and they shall cleave and they'll bear fruit. But now, you know, men, that doesn't mean anything. Gender doesn't mean anything. Men aren't men and women aren't women. So it can't be a man and a woman cleaving and bearing fruit. Well, that doesn't make any sense. So we're, let's just have a Let's have a, a domestic union contract. And therefore, someone who identifies as a something, whatever that might be, can have a union with someone else who identifies as whatever they might. It doesn't even make sense anymore. You know, the, the back of the minivan, you got your little stickers with a man and a, and a woman and then a bunch of little kids. Like, that's how it ought to be, Right. Now there's, it just does, you can have all sorts of little guys back there. They can all just be like little prince signal symbols, and they can all just line up and be pointing and whatever. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. The church structure is also under attack. You can have churches now without the gospel. 
You know, atheists are having churches now. Atheist church, you can have church without God. Satan has a church. You can have a church without membership now. You can have a church without salvations. You can have a church without discipleship. Okay, but what did God design? A functional family is a fruitful family. I am so excited right now for the Living Well class. I'm excited. I think we're about to become a functional and fruitful family. And let me just plug the service two weeks from now. Don't miss Living Well class two weeks from now. I'm going to be preaching on on how our positional reality translates into a fruitful faith, which results in, in a spiritual lineage of your own. What am I talking about with the spiritual lineage? Okay, can you point to your discipler and the people that you have discipled? Do you have a spiritual lineage? Do you have a, a place here like that? Can you point to the people in your Bible study, and then even more importantly, the people that are here now because of your investment in their lives. Okay, let's look at some of our pictures here. So, yeah, and, and anyway, look around some, some Sunday morning at Midtown or Tuesday night at Midtown. In general, it's the people, it's the disciples who make disciples that end up staying and thriving. Just in general. I'm not, I'm not being legalistic about it. But in general, the people that, are, that stay and thrive are the people who get discipled and, and they're part of discipling others in some way. Okay, so this picture, Dan discipled Brandon, Brandon discipled Brian, Brian discipled Jeff, who discipled Josh, who discipled Jorge. Okay, we'd have to add two more if we were going to complete that picture. And then there'd be some branches going off of it because Jeff's discipled other people, so has Brandon. Okay. But those guys have... Oh, look at that. Look at there. No, that's fine. Man. Here's why I'm excited. Gail, you're going to be a great discipler. I'm excited for that. You're, 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 you're so excited about the Word of God. You're full of joy. You're, you're going to be a good teacher. Uh, you'll be able to answer those questions. And, you know, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Mike. I'm excited for a multi generational discipleship in the living well class it's taken us a minute mike and mike i'm excited for a spiritual lineage that comes through this relationship and continues on mike i think you're going to be a great discipler marla discipled phyllis right phyllis i'm so excited for you to reproduce yourself in discipleship are you in d2 still just finished d2 Praise the Lord. Phyllis was up here on Saturday mornings taking D2. She, you're going to be a great discipler. What we're posed for right now in the Living Well class is for that process. We're about to take off because, Mike, if you don't stop discipling when Mike does start, and Marla, if you don't stop discipling when Phyllis stops, and if I don't start stop discipling when Gail starts, Al, if you don't stop discipling, when Fred starts, if we all continue, now we've got a core of disciples. You guys understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm so excited for that. 
What Guy and Lois, as, as we do this uh, building bridges with Muslims class, and as we form a team, and as people start to go and do outreach, and, and we start having Muslims come and join, I'm excited to watch that grow. I'm excited there for there to be a uh, bridges class, or whatever you're going to call your class, Arabic-speaking class. At mid- I'm so excited to see what God's going to do. And this is why I think the devil's attacking, and this is why I think you're distracted and discouraged, is because the devil's trying to present, prevent us from hitting this crucial kind of tipping point. Let's go on here. There's Al and Clarence out. No, no, not you guys aren't dinosaurs. This, this is this is discipleship. Right there. This uh, one of these is Andrew my son and he's the he's the dinosaur. And then Jonathan, my other son, he's getting discipled by Andrew on how to be of a little velociraptor <laughs> at the Grayland Reese 5K and at the community uh, party. That, that's discipleship right there. Okay, let's go on. Okay. So, Fred, this is why I'm glad you're here. You weren't here for the photo. I took this photo yesterday. And, and then, so, make sure I get it right. Chris discipled Scott, who discipled Al, and then Al, you discipled Fred. Fred, you ought to be right up there in that picture, too. You know what that is? That's secundus and tertius and quartus. That is a lineage, a place in the family. You follow me? Okay, I, I don't have... If I'm tertius, my secundus isn't with us anymore. He decided to go hyper-dispensational, become a Gnostic, and go start his own church and split other churches. So, man, I love the guy. I'm grateful for his investment. But my lineage moving forward is going to have to be moving forward. Okay? We all ought to have that here. This is, this is a picture of LFBI classes getting ready to start yesterday at... This is 7.57 a.m. So this is the the hallway before the 8 o'clock LFBI class. Why am I excited about this? Yeah, look at that. Living well class is an LFBI. So I'm so excited for what God is doing in and through this class. Listen, don't be distracted. Don't be depressed. Don't be discouraged. Let's continue to move forward. We are about to hit a tipping point as a class. Two weeks from now, I'm going to talk about how your positional reality can result in faith that will result in fruit. That's God's plan. That's His plan for the church. Let's not let the devil mess it up like He has the the family unit and society. Finally, Roman numeral number five. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Grace is, first of all, unmerited favor. Don't forget that. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read the verse again. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. This is how Paul started the book. If you go back to the beginning of Romans, he says, grace of our Lord be with you. That's in your King James Bible, by the way. If you're reading an ESV or an NIV, they took that verse out. 
that say that verse doesn't belong there because the eclectic texts who don't agree with each other and don't agree with the vast majority of all New Testament fragments. Uh, <clears throat> so we're going to pull that verse out of there. Just saying. Paul starts with grace, he ends with grace, and he writes the entire book of Romans in between there. Everything we know, everything we believe, everything that we do needs to be encapsulated within the fact that we are recipients of unmerited favor. I did not earn my salvation. I don't deserve it. God just loves us that much. This needs to be a universal presumption for all of us that we are all functioning under grace. We're not here to perform. We're not here to try to prove we're holy. We're just here as recipients of unmerited favor, and we can just rest in that. Whatever we understand or believe or focus on, it must stay within that. It must be unmerited and applicable to all. The grace of our Lord. He's your Lord, right? That you're you're with me in unmerited favor, right? We're just like he gets all the glory, he gets all the honor, he has all the power, he gets all the majesty. It's his kingdom, it's his mission. We're just here to say yes, Lord, right? Like he's our Lord, right? Be with you all. None of you are above it, none of you are below it. None of us, me included. Galatians 4, 8 through 12. In Galatians chapter 4, I want to close with this. Paul says, How be it then? Go ahead to the next slide. We'll look at these guys. How be it then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Before you were saved, you acted a certain way, but now... After that ye have known God, or rather, are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, Paul says, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. You have not injured me at all. Here's what Paul is saying. These guys, they, they took their position in Christ and they start trying to draw away people unto themselves. Hey, you have to follow the Jewish feast days. You have to speak Hebrew. You have to call them Yeshua, not Jesus. You have to, so they're the Judaizers. You've got the Gnostics. You've got all these people that try to make the faith about something other than just the spiritual reality that, that, that Jesus died for us and we're reconciled unto the Father and He's given us a mission to do. Let's just go do it, right? Avoid them. You want to stay away from people like that who try to make it about something else. Paul says, I'm worried that you guys, that, that all this labor is in vain. Okay, next slide here. Don't forget our prayer request for our Bible studies. And then finally, the last one here. Small group discussion points. Here's some points for, for discussion, and we only have a few minutes left, but I'd, I'd say let's just... Uh